before we even kick off the podcast, I just want to remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. Hi, I'm Coach Tony Schiffman, and welcome to the Hog Football Podcast, where we talk all things football and all things offensive line. Today, I am with Coach Nick Nissen, the offensive line coach at Minot State. Coach Nissen played at Southern Utah University as an offensive lineman before he got his coaching career at the same place as a graduate assistant. Uh, he moved to Minot State after that, and he's going into year five as the offensive line coach. Coach Nissen, how are you? What's going on? I'm doing fantastic, Coach Schiffman. I appreciate you having me on. I think this is, uh, this is awesome, what you've done on Twitter and, and now into – I mean, it, it shows what, uh, what coaching is all about during these, this adversity, and I appreciate you having me on. Of course, of course. And it's been a great, uh, it's been a great time filler for me to do this on the, the podcast as well. So uh, it, it's been fun. Um, you know, talk to me a little bit real quick just about how the offensive line has played a part um, in the success of the, you know, the, the really good uh, teams you've been a part of. Yeah. So I, you know, even outside of football, I think any, any good successful business company, you have it. Um, I think there's always a group of guys or a person who does all of the, the behind the scenes dirty work. Um, and I think every successful um, business um, has somebody like that. And, you know, and I, and that's how I look at it as, as the offensive line, you know, it's those guys that are um, behind the scenes. Um, they don't get all the, the, the glory and the glam. I mean, you look at, you know, teams, people watching football on the TV, sidelines. a lot of people have no idea even what's going on um, in the trenches. And a lot of coaches here or people here, you know, the importance of it, but may not know exactly the nuances and the, the little technical things that go inside um, playing offensive line. And I, and I think, any successful team, um, you know, that I've ever been around, coached on, uh, played with, um, has always a solid um, group of offensive linemen. And that's both on the field and off the field. Um, it's right. those, the meat and potatoes, uh, the tone setters, you know, the guys doing the dirty work. And when things don't, when things go the right way, it's expected. And when things don't go the right way, it's, it's always their fault. Right. And I, I think that just goes credit to who the, the people are that play the position, you know, offensive lines, the only position group really in all of sport where you're, you're actually recruited and, and coached to protect somebody else. It's, it's right. all about being selfless and, and putting others before yourself and any good teams that that's what it's about. So every successful team I've been on and, and um, you know, has had a great group of, of offensive linemen and a great offensive line coach. And if you, if you got a good old line of my chance, you, you've at least got a chance. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, you're, you hit the nail on the head there. You're, you're very rarely will you find a, a team that's loaded with skilled players and no offensive lineman that's successful. Um, it happens, you know, it's rare, but it's, you know, the norm is normal, usually going to be a great offense line and average, you know, average skill players are going to, you know, win most of those games. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, the first thing I got to ask you is, is you went to um, Southern Utah, you were recruited as a defensive lineman you started as a defensive lineman um, and then switched over to the offensive line. What, was it one of those situations where they 
just made you do it or did you know did you volunteer and and how, talk to me just about how that transition went as a player uh, it's it's pretty funny how it all happened I actually out of high school I was you know getting pretty heavily recruited by Weber State Southern Utah to to in I'm, I'm from Utah originally so um, kind of getting the the love from those guys and you know Weber State wanted me more of an O-lineman and SUU wanted me more of a defense alignment mm -hmm. and that young clueless football player I was you know I kind of jumped all over hey I gotta go play D-line D and, and get stats and, and whatnot and um, made my way to Southern Utah kind of for not just that reason but you know that had that's something to do with it and um, after uh, you know I played defensive line there for three years kind of rotated between three tech nose guard and head coach came up and, and had a had a sit down one-on-one and it was one of those you know you're not a great athlete on the defensive line but right. if you move over to the offensive line, you're you're going to be one of the better athletes we have, and and you'll you'll be in the mix right away. And um and I've I've always been a, a team before, tough type of guy, and um it was tough, it was hard, but you know everything uh, Coach Lamb came and talked to me about was phenomenal, and I made made the jump, and you know that's been honestly the best decision I've met, ever made as a player, and and honestly profession. So fell in love with the uh, the aspect of putting. Um, others before yourself working as a unit those five guys you know becoming a part of a family and mm -hmm. been in love with it ever since so what, came, came full circle yeah right was it was it you know was it fun for you as a as a player um you know when you made that switch was it fun to kind of go against the the d-line and practice and talk a little trash then after you know after you made that switch it was actually that i made the switch in the in the spring of my my sophomore year and actually lived with all D linemen. So <laughs> when I made that switch in, in February, we, we immediately, um, you know, went from, from teammates, uh, roommates to, you know, enemies during spring ball. So right. it was pretty fun to, to talk some trash at night, you know, going over one-on-ones, wait, uh, you, you, you name it and uh, talking a little bit of trash and having that carry over. It made, it made us all better. Yeah, of course. It's, it's, it, it's such a good, um, good camaraderie. And, you know, it's funny, because you see some of those really good teams, you know, not just with the offensive line, but you see those teams that can battle every day in practice and almost come to, to you know, to, to, to blows and fighting. But then as soon as practice is over, you know, they're walking off the field arm in arm and, and having those great relationships and building those friendships. You know, those are the ones that you really – those are the teams that really are special and have the, you know, the best success. It's, it's like having a, having a brother, you know. You, uh... Yeah. You pick on each other the most when you're brothers, but you love each other the most at the end of the day. And when, when you have that offensive line brotherhood between the, the two on a team, it's it's only a recipe for success, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. One hundred percent. You know, so I'm always also fascinated by um, guys who've coached at their alma mater. And, and you got your chance. You got your coaching start at Southern Utah after you, uh, you know, your playing career was over. Talk to me a little bit about that. You know, what kind of you know, how that transition went as well and, and what challenges you, you had, if you had any, while you were making that switch from player to coach? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. You know, it's um, graduate assistants, in my opinion, are in, in, in order to get a, a guy player on the team and, and bring them in as a, as a young graduate assistant. I think you kind of have that, that rotation or that recipe um, in your program. I, I think you're going to have a long-term success and, um, you know, you, you grew up in that program as a young player, um, living on your own, you know, going to school, figuring out life as a, as a young man. And 
um, there's a there's a special place in in your heart for for that school that that you went to school with, and so to be able to back to that program, um, it was phenomenal. You know, it, it gave me everything everything right now in life. I, I give credit to those coaches that were there and um, what that for me. So and, and to be able to recruit and coach kids that that were in that program at a young age, I think that that was just absolutely phenomenal to to be able to give back like that and. Um, you know, kind of the, the biggest challenges, I think, was, um, you know, it's just you were once maybe in the fall, you were uh, teammates, best friends with those guys. And then, you know, three months, two months later, you're you're the coach, you're the you're the mentor to those guys. So mm -hmm. I think I think that was probably the most difficult situation. I, I lived I was a young, I lived with a, a current player. So, um, you know, just trying to be able to find that that balance between friendships, teammates and, and now you being in, in a different role as a coach was. Um, you know, it, it helps set me up as a as a coach in my in, in this this profession, and um, I think that was probably the most difficult. But I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't give that back or, or trade that for anything. That was a great experience for me. Right? Did did you ever have to sort of pull anybody aside, kind of outside of practice, and say, "Hey, man, you gotta you gotta cool down a little bit," or, or were they pretty respectful of you? You know, I, I never, never really had had that conversation. That was something, you know, as as going into the graduate assistant role, some of the coaches had talked to me about. Mm -hmm. um, but I, you know, we had a mature group. Um, we had a very good team, a, a really mature team when I started GAing, and um, you know, I never, I never had to do that. Credit to those guys as as teammates, and and that's why we had a great year that year. We were we we're Big Sky champs. It was just the the maturity that we had on that team. You know, that that really shows. That's a good question. Yeah, good. That's awesome. It's it's again, it's one of those things that I think every coach at one point or at some point really wants to coach their alma mater, whether, it, you know, like I, I said, I talked to somebody about this yesterday, whether it's, you know, one season or 20 seasons, I think it's good. It's a good experience. Um, and a, like you said, a good learning experience uh, to, you know, maybe, maybe pick up some things to do, but maybe also pick up some things that you, you know, want to change as you move on as a coach and, and, and exactly. different, you know, differentiate. So it's always interesting. Um, you know, last question I've got for you coached, uh, and it's, I ask everybody this, um, if you could put together a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen from guys, um, guys you played with guys you coached or guys you were just a fan of who would be on that five man offensive line? Man, that's a, that's a, such a tough question being a uh an o-line film room junkie myself you know yeah. I, I can i get caught on the weekends this quarantine's almost been a uh been a disaster for my fiance because i spend my time on the weekends getting caught up watching amazing players play the game. <laughs> so, um you know it's a it's a loaded question great question and and what i'm gonna do is i i kind of uh I'm probably going to lean towards more of the uh, the NFL players. Okay, um, that's fine. They're the best of the the best in the business. They're they're doing what they're doing for a reason. So, um, I I probably start off at the center position, being that that's uh, first love. That's what I played. So, um, I'd say my my first guy in the Mount Rushmore would be probably Jason Kelsey. Okay, um, an undersized guy, guy who's not really talked about a lot. Um, and kind of goes back to what we talked about early. He's just one of those guys, you know, behind the scenes that, that gets work done. Um, he's been in the league about nine years, I think it is. Um, but watching that guy play, you know, undersized guy, but understands leverage, angles, um, great football IQ. I mean, I, I love, absolutely love watching that guy play. Mm -hmm. um, I think the next guy I'd probably say is Quentin Nilsson. Um, and I say that because I, I absolutely – 
of the mentality, the physicality, the the way that that guy plays. I mean, you you turn on the tape, watch a game of his, and he is, you know, he's sprinting 30 yards down the field to pick up a receiver. You know what I mean? Like that, that goes a long ways. And right. just, he's so young in in his career, but yet he's already set such a, a huge impact. And I, and I think he's going to be one of the, the greatest of all time. Um, and then I, I, I move out to tackles and, and I actually did those last, even though those, especially in the NFL, probably two, two positions you want, you want at the top. Um, but I'd say Joe Thomas um, is one. And the reason for that is the consistency. I think any, any great team, any great O-line um, is because of consistency, showing right. up every day, finding a way to get better. Um, and and what, what I believe thinks what makes him so amazing is um, he was, he was on, a, on a not a very good team. You know what I mean? Like he had to show up every day, come to work every day, 10,000 consecutive snaps. And he wasn't competing for – uh, I mean, he wasn't even in the playoffs very much. I was going to say, did, he, never, he never even played in the playoff game, did he? No, I, I don't believe he – maybe once, really, really young in his career, but I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. But that, that makes it even more special, you know what right. I mean? Like, he just – he loved it. He, he knew his role. He knew his job. He, he went to work every day um, to do that at the highest level. Um, I think the next tackler I'd probably say is, is uh, Tyron Smith. Um, obviously, the, the dude is a uh, – an absolute freak of an athlete. Um, yep. I love watching his sets from week one to week 14 and how consistent he is and just his, his setup and his stance and his approach to the line of scrimmage and his hand placement is just top notch and always long and outside, strong inside hands. Um, very fun to watch. Um, yeah. If I'm able to put a fifth on there, I'm going with Marshall, uh, Marshall Yonda. Okay. Uh, just a, a hard – he's the prototypical – uh, bring your your lunch pail and hard hat to work. Um, they've they've moved him from guard to tackle. He's he's played it all from right side to left side. Um, he's just I saw a picture of him the other day. He's already lost like 80 pounds. It looked like right. Um, I mean he's just a phenomenal hardworking blue collar. Think he's an Iowa boy. Um, just a tough hard nosed guy. And I don't want my line filled with is a bunch of those type of players. So yeah. That's you're you're the you're the second guy I've talked to today that's mentioned Marshall Yonda. So that's uh he's he's somebody that I've always known and knew was great, but I really need to go back and watch some more of his tape now because you know it's it's obvious that I missed some of the really great things that he did. Um, so I gotta I gotta definitely go back and watch some of his tape. Turn on the uh, him him versus Aaron Donald, phenomenal. Okay, phenomenal. I will definitely do that. Very fun to watch. Yeah. Well, Coach, you know, I appreciate you coming on. Before we get you out of here, do me a favor. Drop your uh, Twitter handle and any other information you want the listeners to know. Yeah, if you want to shoot me a follow or a DM, Coach Nick Nissen, um, N-I-S-S-E-N, um, on Twitter. Um, you know, there's no secrets here at Minot State. I'm, I'm open to sharing um, whatever, whatever any of you may have. Um, any questions, love to talk ball. So don't, don't hesitate to reach out to me on, on Twitter. Um, and, and I want to say thanks to you again, like I said um, earlier in the, in the podcast, a phenomenal job by you just setting up the hog, hog football chat. And, um, you know, that thing's been absolutely phenomenal the past couple of years. I've learned so much. Um, and, and kudos to you for setting that up and, and moving this over to, to the podcast. I love to uh, turn that on every morning. So absolutely honored to, to be on this and appreciate everything you've done for the game. For sure, Coach. Well, I appreciate you coming on and talking. Uh, you know, best of luck this upcoming season. And hopefully you guys stay Stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll see you down the road. You as well. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate All right, it. Thanks.
Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you like and subscribe, and you can find previous episodes on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. Thank you.